This joke came from a 16-year-old girl on Twitter. Why did the hipster burn his mouth on the pizza? Because he ate it before it was cool. Ladies and gentlemen from APM, American Public Media, this is the Dinner Party Download, the show that helps you win your next dinner party. I'm Rico Galliano. Brendan Francis Newnham is on vacation. Our icebreaker this week came from the wonderful writer Emma Straub. Her latest book is called Other People what, We Married. What is going on here? Rico, and coming up. Hey, hey, engineers, cut the music. Cut Jackson, music. What, what are you doing? What am I doing? I come into the studio and the, there's a phone sitting next to the microphone instead of you. Well... All right, Brendan's on vacation. Yeah. So I figured that I could just... <laughs> Phone it in? I could just take it easy, yeah. Is that a seagull? What? It's my cat. You're at the beach. I am at home. Hey, come on! The waves are wicked! All right, I'm at the beach. Come into the studio right now. <sighs> Man, fine, beam me up. I swear, you are such a square, The man. audience deserves... That, they don't care. Music... And coming up, Brendan's pre-taped interview with actor Don Cheadle, plus The Birth of Tinnitus, The Waffle Topping That Dares Not Speak Its Name, and New Old Soul from The Shakes. But first, small talk. All week long, you've been hearing this. A deal finally reached to raise the debt ceiling. A sell-off pushed the market to its longest losing streak in almost three years. The Federal Aviation Administration has been forced to partial shutdown. Now for something you haven't heard, I'm speaking with Richard Lawson. He is a staff writer at Gawker.com. Richard, what story are you going to be talking about at dinner parties this weekend? I'm going to be talking about a new website where you can rate your priests. Like uh, RateMyProfessor.com, but for, for the clergy. <laughs> or, or like Yelp for churches. Right, exactly. This is a German website. It's called Hirtenbarometer.de, which I guess is Shepherd's Barometer. So it's a little poetic. I like it. And so can you leave, you know, like a comment about each priest? I believe so, yeah. Oh, um, man, I can't wait to see the trolls on that site. Right, right. This priest is lame. <laughs> exactly. L-A-I-M. And then they're going to find out it's been a priest the whole time, like, giving himself the star <laughs> reviews, like when they catch restaurants doing that on Yelp. This is the bestest priest ever. His use of incense is really delicate and subtle. Uh, and then I guess they give each priest, what, like a star rating or something? It's like a sheep. Their coat will go from white to black. So instead of stars, you have a, sh- a sheep that changes color? Right, exactly. And the Pope... He's like, Wait, you can rate the Pope? Yep, he is rated. He's currently it's middle gray. So, you know, he's, he's all right. I'm sure his ratings will rise if he offers a Groupon or something. Right, yeah. Richard Lawson, thanks for the small talk. Thank you. And now time for cocktails. Once again, we tell you something that happened this week in history, then give you a fitting drink to serve along with it. It's like history is one of those lizards that can run across water, except it's running across a tub of liquor. Which, if you ever see, you should call the ASPCA. First, let's give you the history part. This week, back in 1937, George Beecham patented his greatest invention, and eardrums would never be the same. Michelle Philippi has the story. The next time you walk home daff after a rock concert, thank George Beecham. See, in the 1920s, George was a lap steel guitarist. He loved to play Hawaiian melodies. But it was the big band era, and bands were so big, you couldn't hear a guitar melody over the din. So George was determined to amplify his axe. First, he had a cone stuck on it, like a megaphone. Not loud enough. Then he started a company making hollow metal guitars. Still too quiet. 
finally, he studied electronics and invented a solution, the guitar pickup. It turned a string's vibrations into electric current, which went to an amp, which could be turned way up. A year later, George and his partner Adolf Rickenbacker produced the first electric guitar, a lap steel, of course. Soon, Rickenbackers were all the rage. Only problem? It took five years to patent the guitar. Plenty of time for competitors to develop their own. Embittered, George bailed out of the music biz and spent his last days perfecting a different stringed instrument, the fishing pole. He patented lures and died at sea. So that's the history. Now for the drink to serve along with it. I am speaking with Megan Jones. She's a bartender at the Crosby Restaurant in Santa Ana, California, where the Rickenbacker International Corporation is still making electric guitars. Megan, what drink does that history inspire you to make? The first thing that I thought of was something that would taste electric itself. Something shocking. So I came up with electric lemonade. You know, I've actually seen that on many a uh, cocktail menu. But I'm doing it with a new twist. Um, I'm starting off with vodka, and then next we will add St. Germain's elderflower liquor. That's the modern twist, because I am seeing that now in cocktails all over the place. Yes. It's sweet. What's the electric part? Well, the electric part is, of course, freshly squeezed lemonade. It can't be from a concentrate. And then either your favorite soda water I actually like ginger ale. Some sizzle, something fizzy in there. Yes. That cranks it up. This is, I I have to say, I actually thought about this. This is an appropriate theme for a cocktail because as people drink, they get louder and louder. Oh, they do. (laughs) Let me tell you, I definitely hear it all. And folks, on our website, we've got rare tape of a 1932 performance by Gage Brewer. He was the first person to ever play live with an electric guitar. Uh, It is not Metallica-level shredding or anything, but it is definitely noteworthy. That's at dinnerpartydownload.org. Our guest of honor this week is actor and producer Don Cheadle. You may have seen him in Crash or Ocean's Eleven. He was nominated for an Academy Award in Hotel Rwanda, and he produced and stars in a new film called The Guard, an Irish comedy, co-starring Brendan Gleeson. Here's a clip. So what do you have planned for your day? Well, we obviously don't know who killed McCormick or why. And so I thought we might start by canvassing the neighborhood around where the the body was discovered, see if anybody might have heard something. Sergeant. Mm Mm-hmm. Sorry, you lost me at we. Don Cheadle isn't the first name that comes to mind when I think Irish comedy. Yeah. How did you get involved in this? I read the script and right off the bat, just I, I laughed the whole way through and that Brendan was going to be the, the main guy. And from that moment, I just wanted to do whatever I could do to, to help uh, make it happen. Um, my name is Brendan, so I'm going to edit this so it sounds like you're talking about me this whole time. That's fine. Yeah. You should do that. I, I'd assume that's what you're going to do anyway. So you have acted your whole life, um, but you've been a celebrity the past decade or so. What's the, di- what's the difference? I, I don't know. I mean, that, that celebrity thing is a question. Sometimes you're a celebrity, sometimes you're not a celebrity. You know, it's not Brad Pitt or Denzel where they're always a celebrity. You know, there's still places I go and people don't know who I am. Really? Yeah. Or they think they, they come up and they go, did you work at the Chevy plant? You know, or they say, did you ever, did you attend Hamilton High? I mean, it seems almost as if you're at a sweet spot where you probably have enough recognition and leverage to kind of get some opportunities, but then enough to kind of live your life, right? That's absolutely right. I mean, I don't know that you get to stay 
in one place. You know, it's, it's kind of like a mud hill. You're either climbing up or you're sliding down it. But I've seen my friends' lives that are sort of sequestered by paparazzi and can't really move. And I don't ever want it to be like that. I mean, I always want to be able to get a, a seat at a restaurant. But yeah. <laughs> that's, about, you know, that's about the way I want to use my celebrity. You know, <laughs> oh, Don's here. Give him a table. That's it. You've been doing this for a while. What question are you tired of being asked? I'm tired of being asked what kind of a kisser Brad Pitt is. Because even though I know, it's like that's not anybody's business but mine, you know? Uh, Brad Pitt, who was your co-star in the Oceans films, who you didn't kiss on screen. Do you want to maybe talk about what happened off screen? No, look, we move on. Next question. Jeez. All right, our second question is tell us something, I think you already did, but tell us something we don't know um, about you or about the world at large. Cobalt is actually edible. Really? It'll kill you, but you can eat it. Yeah. Why is cobalt on your mind, Mass? I have no idea, because I felt on the spot and above my shoulders, it's a vast wasteland up there. You never know what's going to come out. Is cobalt like a gas or a solid? Do we even know? Yes, someone does know, and I would imagine it is either a gas or a solid. The vacationing Brendan Francis Noonan, magically conducting an interview on our show anyway, folks. That is the miracle of pre-taping. Uh, of course, he left me with some homework. I found out for you, cobalt is a metal. And in the 60s, it was used in some beers to keep the foam down, so actually people did eat it. But it gave them pulmonary disease. Uh, hey, here's something that's good for your health, though. Being our friend on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash dinnerpartydownload. You're watching, watching, you're watching me. All right, you've met our guest of honor. Now it's time for the main course where we talk about food. And today, I want to talk about a recent kind of obsession of mine. Don't worry, it's work safe. Uh, a few months ago, I visited a waffle shop in L.A. It's called Shaky Alibi. And on their Liège waffles, they serve a sweet Belgian topping that may be one of the most delicious things I have ever had on a waffle. And you know and I know there are a lot of delicious things that one can put on a waffle. This stuff is becoming really popular in Europe, but it's not yet widely available in the U.S., maybe because of its name. And the other day when I spoke to Shaky Alibi's owner, R.J. Milano, that is the first thing I asked about. How do you pronounce it? Speculos? Speculos? Probably about four or five different ways, depending upon who the person is. Uh, Those wacky Belgians. Belgians, Flemish, the French. Here, we pronounce it as speculus. So, uh, what is it? So, speculus actually uh, originated from a cookie, a uh, speculus cookie. And people in Belgium um, and in France were dunking it and letting it soak in milk to where it got soggy and formed almost a little bit of a, a paste and they were spreading it on their toast. So the cookie's been around for a while. How long has the commercial paste been around? The speculus creamy, maybe about four or five years ago, and then the crunchy, maybe another two years after that. Probably, it's a very unique flavor, and uh, by far here at Shake Alibi, it's uh, our most popular. Which is amazing, because you'd think it would be a hard sell with a name like Speculus. <laughs> you know, somehow the, the name, you know, oh yeah, and we also have Speculus, and, and always everyone is kind of like, what? Yeah, it sounds really disturbingly medical. Yeah. It's like, what, what is, seriously, let me just give you a taste of it, and you'll get it. And it's kind of like gold crack, like once people have it, it's kind of an addiction, and there, and there really isn't anything else like it. For those who haven't tasted it, can you describe the flavor profile of this stuff? Yes, kind of a graham cracker, salty sweet, 
a little bit of spice like clove, cinnamon. It looks like the consistency of peanut butter, but it's not. Yeah, it's kind of lighter. It has like a, a slightly thinner paste to it. And that's the smooth version. And then uh, we also serve the crunchy version, which is the exact same thing, only it has uh, granulars of sugar in it that kind of crunch really nice when uh, you're biting into it. Oh, yes, they do. That's awesome. Now, it's my understanding that you've been having some problems lately getting, you know, the required amount of speculose for your establishment. Why is that? Yeah, and they get kind of hostile, too, when they come in. Your customers? My customers, uh, if they uh, were hoping to be able to have it and we run out. It, the, the big reason, I believe, this is just my own speculation, right now Belgium is going through a lack of a government, even though they've had an election. They have no government at all. Yeah, the, the parties in Belgium's parliament have not been able to agree on how to share power, basically. And it's getting now to a point where the people are looking for ways to protest visibly. Along with those protests, I think, is coming a bit of apathy, and so my stuff sits there as hostage. That's the downside of importing, I guess. You're saying they're, they're holding your speculus hostage because they don't have a government and they're just kind of lazy right now? Yeah, they're just like, you know what, fine. Uh, no government, no speculus is going anywhere. And actually, as we're sitting here today, I'm on my last jar of crunchy. And so I'm, I'm counting, I, I have two people sitting at the uh, coffee bar right now, and the one gentleman loves it, and he always gets double speculous crunchy because he's addicted. So are you, are you like, not this week, man? Right, no, I'm sitting here, I'm like counting, like how many servings are going, and it's like, please, postman, deliver my basket, you know, the natives will get restless, as they say. It's You're gonna have a speculous riot, that's scary. Exactly, a speculous riot. That could probably be a first of its kind. And that's got to be one of the few riots one would actually look forward to, you know? People running around throwing cookies, cops pacifying them with blasts of milk, I guess. Not so much a riot as kindergarten in the streets is how I like to think of it. There's tension in the and fighting That's the Dinner Party Download, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to Jackson Musker, Vahan Baladuni, and the folks at the Bravo TV show Rocco's Dinner Party, who had me and Brendan on as guests this week. Next week, by the way, you'll definitely want to be sure to tune in. It is our second annual Icebreaker episode. Tons of the jokes we've collected over the last year, as told by people like Tim Burton, Spike Jones, Patton Oswalt, dozens more. Hope you'll join us for that. And we leave you, as always, with One for the Road, a song to listen to on your way to or departing from this weekend's dinner party. You want a soul revival? Here it is. This is an Athens, Alabama band, perplexingly unsigned. They're called The Shakes. And the song is You Ain't Alone. Bon appétit. You ain't alone. So why lonely? Yeah. Hey, you go on a dark and let us see.
I'm Rico Galliano, and let's see here. Hey, Rico, what's up? Uh, I'm at lunch. Yeah, no, you're not. You're a jerk.